You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCCW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Welcome to Veterans Air, the Veterans Hour. I am your host, Douglas B. You can catch us live the first Tuesday every, every month here in your Lone Star Community Radio station on the FM Dial at 106.1, 104.5, at veteransair.us, um, Facebook Live, YouTube, and wherever you get your fine podcasts. Um, we are still doing live on the radio with the um, YouTube and Facebook Live and whatnot to follow afterwards due to an internet connection issue here. As always, before we start, a little housekeeping. You can reach Veterans Air on the web at www.veteransair.us. You can send us a text. You can send us a message. You can even text us in the studio on our Google phone, 936-344-3083. Speaking about our Google phone, um, I don't know if you all know this out there. But uh, uh, I am a big, huge supporter of veterans and veterans initiatives. Um, and I am also a military veteran peer network mentor. Now, I've been receiving a lot of calls since the Afghan pullback from a lot of different veterans that are, are having a difficulty with this. I want to tell you right now, if you're listening to the sound of my voice and you need somebody to talk to, Call me, text me on the Google phone, 936-344-3083, and I'm going to talk to you. Dangerous Dan's going to talk to you. Maybe Nikki, our new intern, will talk to you. But if you need somebody to talk to, need somebody to venge to, go ahead and give me a call. I will listen to you. Um, we were going to talk about the NRA conference today and the 20th anniversary of 9-11. The NRA conference did not happen, cause COVID, very upset about it. Um, but that doesn't mean that we don't have things to talk about, because we do. September, September 1st, if you did not know, House Bill, um, what is the House Bill number? I have it here, hang on. I guess I don't have it. Um, constitutional carry um, came into being. House Bill, um, I think it's 1335 or 1535. I thought I wrote it down, but I guess I didn't. And anyway, constitutional carry is the law in Texas now. I am of two minds about constitutional carry. On the one hand, I don't think that we as citizens of the United States need the government permission to carry a firearm. I, I, that it, it's in the Constitution. It's part of in our inalienable rights. And it's in the Constitution as the Second Amendment not to limit the citizen, but to limit the government. Our right to bear arms shall not be infringed. I don't know why the government thinks they have or has a hard time with understanding that because it's written there clearly. So I believe that everyone should have the right to carry without getting a license from the government on one hand. On the other hand, there are people out there that clearly should not be walking around with a firearm. You're a felon you no longer have a Second Amendment right. Convicted of domestic violence, no longer have a constitutional right. Um, and there are certain people out there that are just wackadoodles. That is a technical term, by the way. That should be nowhere near a firearm. And you know who they are. You've run across them the same way as I have. So how do we as a society, control the firearms? Well, there's, there's, there's two camps upon this, if you will. 
The one camp says, your rights shall not be infringed, period. And then the other camp that says we need common sense gun control. The common sense gun control people believe that you should not have a firearm. Firearms are inherently bad, and they have been attempting to take away your Second Amendment rights forever. They have not been successful to date. But they have made it really, really difficult. Have you been out there to buy ammo lately? Ammo has gotten extremely expensive. And why has it gotten so expensive? Well, there's a couple of reasons for that. The two major ones are, um, we can no longer smelt lead in this country. Back in the Obama administration era, the ability to smelt lead was taken away. Recently, under the new administration, um, the import of ammunition has become even stricter. So ammo, if you can find it, has gotten very expensive. Now, I usually get my ammo in one of three places. Either at a gun show, through uh, a website called Lucky Gunner, or another one called Cheaper Than Dirt. And I am always looking for ammo because I always am. I use it up. I shoot it. I actually shoot my firearms all the time. So I'm always looking for a good deal on ammo. Recently, I was out looking for a 5.56 ball, which I could not find. But I did find 223 at 95 cents a round. Let me say that again. 95 cents a round for 223. That's really expensive. That's very expensive. I, I don't know the answer to this other than we as citizens need to be more vocal on what we want and what our rights are to protect them. We see and we have seen for the past few years the, the opponents to your rights are very, very vocal. They demonstrate, they burn down cities, they loot stores, they beat people up. They're very vocal. The other people that just enjoy their God-given rights, we're not that vocal. And I think that we should be. No, don't go back and say that Doug's telling you to go burn down cities. I'm not telling you that. I'm telling you, you need to be more vocal. You need to do protests and demonstrations and whatnot to protect your God-given rights. Let's talk about God-given rights for a second. The military, when they join, they take an oath. That oath is very similar to the oath that police officers take and is very, very similar to what your congressmen and senators take as an oath. The relevant part of this oath is that you will protect and defend the Constitution from all enemies, foreign and domestic. All enemies. So those people that are wearing the uniform, they stand for our rights. They're protecting our rights and protecting us. You need to wrap your head around that. As a veteran, when you left the military service, whether you left good or bad, nobody relieved you of your oath. And if you, were a, if you are a serious veteran, then that oath still lives with inside of you. You have an obligation to protect and defend that Constitution. I do by this show. By just putting on this show, I am fulfilling my oath to protect and defend the Constitution by bring, making you aware of what's happening out there in the world. Where did I put this? I think I put this after my commentary. Yeah, I got a very long commentary today. But I wanted to bring something up here. 
Well, I guess I didn't. So I'm going to do this off the top of my head and uh, hope that I don't forget it. I wanted to talk to y'all for a little bit about being conscious of what you do, of being conscious of the other person. Because love, don't hate, just love. In this country, I see our rights being whittled away a little bit at a time. And I see these rights being whittled away a little bit at a time, most recently cause COVID. I am not anti-vaxxer. And if you listened to last month's show um, and you realize that that's sarcasm, you'll know that I'm not an anti-vaxxer. If you are able to get the vaccine, do so. I don't think, however, that our government and our representatives need to be belittling us and coercing us into getting the vaccine. I see companies and, and uh, states and cities incentivizing people that have not gotten the vaccine with money or, or, or this, that, or the other thing. If you get the vaccine, we can give you a check for a hundred bucks. Where's mine? Where's my money? Where's everybody else who went and got the vaccine's money? And you know what? You know where that money's coming from? It's coming from you and it's coming from me. Believe it or not, I pay taxes. Believe it or not, you pay taxes. All this money that the government is giving out, it's not their money to give out. It comes from you. From you. I bring all this up to talk about the Fifth Amendment. If I ask you right now what was the Fifth Amendment, nine out of ten of you are going to say you have the right to remain silent. That is not the Fifth Amendment. You need to go back and read the Fifth Amendment because that's just a small part that you cannot be coerced into providing evidence against yourself. But there's two very relevant parts of this Fifth Amendment that people have just totally forgotten about but have been stripped away from American citizens. The first one is that you cannot be held in prison, in jail, for a capital crime or high misdemeanors without an indictment from a grand jury. Today, we have United States citizens sitting in, sitting in solitary confinement, and they've been there since January 6th. And what is their charge? Their charge is trespassing. Trespassing, you wouldn't think, would be, be a high crime. But in this case, it's trespassing on federal property, so it is. Not one of these cases has appeared before a grand jury. Not one. But these people are still sitting in jail, awaiting a trial, and, and their constitutional right to the Fifth Amendment has been denied them. Whether or not you believe that they are insurrectionists, um, domestic terrorists, um, right-wing extremists, I'm going through all the things that I've been called, um, it doesn't matter. They're still American and they still have the right of the Fifth Amendment to protect them. I tell you, the Department of Justice, I'm talking to you, Department of Justice. You either convene a grand jury for all these people or you release them, period. The Constitution demands it. Where is the LC, uh, ACLU? Is that who it is? The, the, the Civil Rights Organization? Where the hell are you for these people? I also want to mention to you that the Fifth Amendment says that the government can't take your personal property without fair compensation. Do you own land? Do you own a building? 
do you perhaps have a rental property? If you have a rental property, you haven't been able to collect rent, have you? Because can't evict anybody if they don't pay rent cause COVID. First point, no law was enacted to strip that right away from you to collect rent. None. Second point, the CDC is not a regulating body. They're not Congress, nor are they the Senate. They can't, their mandates mean absolutely nothing. Three, if you own a rental property and you're attempting to collect rent and you can't, so you can't evict these people, if you don't pay your property tax on the building you own, the government takes it away. If you don't pay your mortgage on that building, the mortgage company takes it away. If you don't keep that building in proper repair, health department takes that away from you. The city government building codes can take that away from you. You do not have a Fifth Amendment right any longer. Does this tick anybody off out there? I hope it does. I really, really hope it does because Y'all need to start paying attention. There's my rant for today. I want to talk to y'all about 9-11. And we're going to have a long discussion about 9-11. So if you do not have your drink readily available, go get some because you're going to need it, need it by the end of my commentary here. On Saturday is the 20th anniversary. I don't know a better word than that, but that's not the proper word of this country being attacked, of the planes crashing into the Twin Towers, a field in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, and the Pentagon. It's been 20 years. Today, there's a man walking from Washington, D.C. to Shanksfield to Ground Zero. He'll be at Ground Zero on Saturday. His name is Frank Siller. And the reason that he's walking is to remind America about what happened on 9-11. Frank Siller is the, the CEO, president, founder, whatever his title is, for an organization called Tunnel Towers. And you may know this organization. Um, I talk about them on September 11th. Um, I am a contributor every year to Tunnel to Towers. Um, and I've even had them on the show before. Now, Tunnel to Towers organization was created in the aftermath of 9-11 to honor their brother, Stephen Siller. Now, Stephen Siller, and I wrote this all up. Let me read you what I wrote. Firefighter Stephen Gerard Siller was the youngest of seven children born to May and George Siller. At the age of eight, Stephen lost his father, and a year and a half later, his mother passed away, leaving him an orphan to be raised by his older siblings. For a while, Stephen went through a period of struggle, but thanks to the love of his siblings and the values instilled in him by his parents, he grew up to be an extraordinary individual and a dedicated firefighter. More than most, he knew that time was precious, and he accomplished a lot in his 34 years. On September 11, 2001, Stephen was assigned to Brooklyn Squad 1, he had just finished his shift. He was on his way to play golf with his brothers. When he got the word over the scanner that a plane had hit the North Tower of the World Trade Center. Upon hearing the news, Stephen called his wife Sally and asked her to tell his brothers that he would catch up to him later and return to Squad 1 to get his gear. Stephen drove his truck to the entrance of the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel. 
but he had all but the tunnel had already been closed for security purposes determined to carry out his duty Stevens slapped on his 60 pounds worth of gear put it on his back and raced on foot through the tunnel and to the Twin Towers Stephen lost his life in the towers, saving others. Now, if you've never been to the Battery Tunnel or the World Trade Center, I want to tell you that the route that you can take, the shortest route, is just about a mile. But think back to 2001, where everyone was trying to get out of the city at the same time. This young man, with 60 pounds strapped to his back, ran from the Battery Tunnel to the Twin Towers, fighting the crowds all the way, just to save lives, just to do his duty. Stephen had everything to live for. He had a great wife, five wonderful children, and a devoted extended family, and a lot of friends. Stephen's parents were lay Franciscans, and he grew up with the guiding philosophy of St. Francis of Assisi, which encouraged him and inspired the phrase, while we have time, let us do good. These are words that Stephen lived by. Stephen's life and heroic death serve as a reminder to all of us to live life to the fullest and to spend our time here on earth doing good. This is Stephen's legacy. Let me tell you a little bit about the Tunnel to Towers Foundation and what it does. It provides mortgage-free homes to tragically injured veterans and the widows of LEO firefighters and first responders. They just come to you and they go, here's a house. And it's yours, free and clear, over and done with. Just this year, they, um, they started an initiative. Someone who had donated a good chunk of property there in, uh, in Florida, and they're going to build a community there called the Do Good Community. And it will be filled with these tragically wounded veterans and the spouses of past LEO firefighters, first responders. Think about that for a minute. Think about what you would do if you came home from the war missing your legs, missing your arm. How can you get around your house? Tunnel to Towers, in the memory of Stephen Siller, provides homes for these veterans and the spouses of LEO and firefighters, EMTs, first responders that died in the line of duty. I think this is only fitting. And this is why I donate to them. And I encourage you to do so also. But, you know, go to tunnel2towers.org and read about it yourself. One of the things that you're going to find out is that 93% of every dollar donated goes to these programs. 93% of it. The rest is overhead and to make a commercial. 93%. That's huge. That's huge. I mean, we had Lynn Marie from Quilts for Vets on here two months ago, I think, three months ago, who's self-funded. She does it out of her own pocket. A 4T4 Racing, who does it out of their own pocket. There are angels that walk among us, and it is our job to recognize that angel when we see it. This year, I have found a way for you, my good listeners, to support Tunnel to Towers. And I mentioned this on the last show, I believe. This year, 
working with MKT Distillery, they're going to release a blended bourbon branded for Veterans Air. Now, this is a great thing. Veterans Air has got a race car now, and, and, and now we're going to have a whiskey, a bourbon. Um, I went down and visited with the good people at uh, MKT, and I found out a couple of things. First off, MKT employs veterans. Second, I believe it's the third Friday of every month down at their distillery in Katy, they host a veteran get-together. So if you're there in the Katy area, I encourage you to go down to MKT Distillery. It's on First Street in Katy um, for their veterans uh, um, um, get-together. Sample some, some whiskey, if you will, or not. Hang out with fellow veterans, shoot the breeze, play some backyard Jenga. Um, it's a good time there. Now, while I was working with MKT Distillery, and I believe the label of the bourbon bottle is up to be seen right now, um, this is going to come out on December, and we're going to have a big, huge release party. But what's important to you about this bourbon is that a good portion of the proceeds from the sale of this bourbon goes to, yep, you guessed it, Tunnel to Towers. Now, this is a limited run. Um, so if you want a bottle, contact Veterans Air, contact MKT Distillery, and we'll put one aside for you. Um, I can think of no better way to, to bring awareness to Tunnel to Towers, to keep alive the memory of 9-11, than to do so like this, because after all, we're veterans. Now, I will tell you that I tried really, really hard to convince them that they need to infuse this bourbon with um, caffeine, nicotine, and rage. But they said there was no way to actually do that. I said, then I don't know if I really can call it a veteran's whiskey, but, you know, we're going to do it anyway. Um, if bourbon, if drinking is not your cup of tea, like mine, I, I don't drink alcohol, and you still want to support Tunnel to Towers, then go to tunneltotowers.org. You can go to uh, t2t.org. Um, go to their donate page and donate. You can donate whatever you want. And you can also set it up so that you can donate $11 every single month. And that's what I do. Every year I just, you know, re-up re that. Um, and it's amazing what they can do for $11 a month. Hey, I'm already at 24 minutes in, right? Damn, I need to step it up. All right. We are going to... We're going to do the commentary last because it's kind of long, and I want to make sure I get to some other things that are of importance. I want to talk about... Um, Oh, no. You know what? I'm going to do a shout-out to my sponsors here. A shout-out to uh, East Meets West Productions, who actually pays me while I'm here talking to you. So they sponsor this show. Um, East Meets West Productions is a full-service business and marketing consulting consultants that are helping vets start and fund their businesses for over 25 years. That's old. It's over 30 years now. I've been doing this show for like going on to my fifth year, right? Um, so it's over 30 years now. For more information, give EMW a call at 361-904-0044, and you tell them that Doug told you to call. There's some things going on this month that you need to be aware of, that you may want to be aware of. Um, the first is today, on the 7th. Celebrate, remember, and honor our fallen heroes from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. at the Montgomery County Veterans Memorial. That's down there by 45. We encourage you to wear red, white, and blue. And there's going to be that we will do the singing of the national anthem. We'll have guest speakers and a memorial for our fallen soldiers. Go out and, and check that out. Support 
support our fallen soldiers. Um, I want to talk to you about the VFW. The VFW, and we did this last year. We had the commander and the uh, uh, junior vice commander on, um, Commander Kelly and uh, Marcy Phillips. And they talked about a Patriot's Pen, the Voice of Democracy, and Teacher of the Year. So I'm going to talk to you about those things now briefly. And if you're interested in any of these programs, you can go to veteransair.us slash VFW, all in lowercase. Again, that's veteransair.us slash VFW. And you can download the forms for what you need. Patriot's Pen. Now this is this is a great little thing, um, and what it is is since 1947, the voice of democracy. Oh, I said Patriots Pen conducted nationwide. This VFW-sponsored youth essay competition gives students the opportunity to write essays expressing their views on an annual patriotic theme. We invite you to join more than 138,000 students who participated last year in this contest. The national winners will receive at least $500, and the first place national award is currently $5,000. This is a scholarship program. So first place gets $5,000, second place $4,000, third place $3,500, fourth place $2,700, fifth place $2,500, so forth and so forth and so forth. What you have to do is you have to write an essay. And this year's um, theme for the essay is how can I be a good American? How can I be a good American? You just have to write an essay for this. And you submit the essay. And you submit the essay to your local VFW. The form looks like this. And you can find this at veteransair.us slash VFW. Download it, write your essay, submit it. There is a deadline. And the deadline is October 31st. So you have almost two months to write this essay. I encourage you strongly to go write this essay. Mom, dad, grandma, get your kids that are in high school to start writing this essay. The easiest way to pick up some scholarship money. The next we have the Voice of Democracy. Since 1947, the Voice of Democracy has been the Veterans of Foreign Wars' premier scholarship program. Each year, nearly 57,000 high school students compete for more than $2 million in scholarships and incentives. Students compete by writing and recording an audio essay on an annual topic each year. This year's theme is America, where do we go from here? You write an essay, you turn on your webcam, you read your essay, and you send all this in to your local VFW. And you may pick up a hefty scholarship. Voice of Democracy. Again, get the form downloaded from veteransair.us slash VFW, fill it out, write your essay. Last program I want to talk to you about today from the VFW is the um, Teacher of the Year. This is something that the VFW does every single year. You get to nominate a teacher, and if the teacher wins, they get some prizes. Let's take a look at what the uh, Teacher of the Year program entails. This was founded in 1899. The VFW highly supports the education of America's youth. VFW and its auxiliary have developed a slate of programs dedicated to helping America's educators. VFW citizen education programs stimulate interest in America's history, tradition, Americanism, civic responsibility, flag etiquette, and patriotism. Do I need to say that again? These citizenship education programs stimulate interest in America's history, tradition, Americanism, civic responsibility, flag etiquette, and patriotism. 
VFW wants to identify and recognize America's best educators who instill a sense of national pride in their students. It offers cash awards, commemorative plaques, all-expense-paid trips to the VFW National Convention, so forth and so forth. Do you have a favorite teacher out there? Is that teacher instilling in you goodness of being an American, pride in being an American, teaches you flag etiquette, how to fold a flag, how to dispose of a flag? Does it instill in you pride in your country? If that teacher does these things, you might want to nominate them for this award. Because if they win the award, they get $1,000 to help pay expenses to continue teaching the way they're teaching. Gives the school 1000 bucks. This, again, is due on the 31st of October. You fill it out, write a 350-word essay about why this teacher should be Teacher of the Year. And bingo, they'll win. VFW 4709 does this every single year. Every single year, we do a Teacher of the Year. There's some good teachers out there. And there's some bad teachers out there. I think it's high time that we recognize the good teachers. The teachers that teach our youth instead of indoctrinate our youth. I'm very excited about this program. Um, and I was excited last year, too. And I think I mentioned this goes hand in hand with another organization that I support, Patriotic, Restu Patriotic, Patriotic Restitution. Can't I can't talk today. And Coach Yates, who, who does this, this patriotic uh, restoration.org. If I knew about this when I was in high school, I would have nominated my coach, my track coach. Um, because Coach O'Leary had a profound effect on my life. Here I am, I'm 57 odd years old. And I still remember Coach O'Leary, not because he was a great track coach, because he was, um, but because of how he taught me and instilled in me my pride and my love for America. Through literature, he did this. He made me read Animal Farm, and that's where I learned about communism and socialism. If you want more information about Patriot Pen, Voice of Democracy, or Teacher of the Year, please contact me via text 936-344-3083 or call the VFW here in town. Um, send them a text. Contact them on Facebook. They're more than happy to talk to you about it. Um, this Wednesday, this Saturday, September 11th, the Montgomery County Veterans Memorial Commission is commemorating the 20th anniversary of the terrorist attacks and subsequent loss of firefighters at the World Trade Center on September 11th, starting at 8 a.m. at uh, Veterans Memorial Park. Go on over there and be part of this. Also on September 11th at VFW 4709 will be the, they'll observe their 9-11 Remembrance and Tribute and it's expanded this year. It's open to the public. Please come by and come to the ceremony. Afterwards, if you have not yet purchased your tickets, you need to go over to Honor Cafe and purchase your tickets. They have a little QR code, code that you scan. Um, and they're doing also doing a benefit to benefit Tunneled Towers. Um, if you go out, look for me, look for my loving wife, and... Uh, you can get my autograph because I'm a TV and radio personality. It was a big shock to Patriot when she saw me on TV, Dick. I keep telling her, hey, you have the ability. You can kiss a TV and radio personality anytime you want. She tells me, go away. I must be doing something wrong. But uh, anyway, I will be there, of course. Um, 9-18, September 18th, if it's not canceled... High-caliber gun and knife show will be back at the Lone Star Convention Center September 18th through the 19th. Doors open at 9 a.m. 
It's been a while since we've gotten to be able to get out to a gun show. So if they still have it, let's go ahead and do it. Dick, how much time do I have? Can I have 30 minutes? Can I run over? I only have 10 minutes? I don't know if I can do this in 10 minutes. We're going to try to do this in 10 minutes. Here's my commentary for September 11th. Where were you when the world stopped turning? It's been 20 years since that morning, a morning that's burned into my memory, and I cannot forget. I can't forget what I felt that day and what I still feel today. At the time, I was a high-priced business consultant delivering a pitch to board members in downtown Houston high-rise. When the first plane struck the World Trade Centers, it was a tragic accident. Fifteen minutes later at 9.02, Flight 175 slammed into the South Tower, and I knew America was under attack. As implausible as it seemed at that time, somebody attacked us. I watched in horror, paralyzed by the very thought that the United States could be attacked in this manner. It was time that I contacted Colonel Ampf at the Pentagon to find out just what the hell was going on. Had the balloon gone up? As I'm navigating through the switchboard at the Pentagon, 30 minutes after I watched on live TV Flight 175 slamming into the South Tower, the phone went dead. I rushed back to the conference room, turned up the volume on the TV, just as America was being informed that the Pentagon was also hit by a plane and to stand by for video. The Pentagon attacked? That, that's just not possible. But you know what? As the reports came in, we found out that it was. The full impact of what had just happened hit me. We were at war. My God, I just lost Colonel Ampf and Wendy Sue at the same time. That can't happen. Okay, I admit it. I flipped over into my combat operations mode, started checking off my checklist. Step one, secure the AO. I'm in a downtown Houston high-rise on the sixth floor in a client office. The AO is filled with civilians, unsecurable, and I'm not too sure about the, li the loyalty of some of these people. The situation is, is fluid. I cannot evac. I assess the current situation and determine possible internal threats, avenues of attack, threat vectors, and above all, protect the non-combatants. Step two. Determine remaining assets. I call home, read my wife into what's happening, tell her to get her daughter from school. I look at the two other veterans that are with me, and Tim, one badass prepper, for support. Step three, find your battle buddy. I called Brother Johnny. He was already on standby and reporting to his unit. We said our goodbyes just in case. Stay safe, stay vigilant. To Valhalla, brother. I tried over and over again to get hold of Omph and Wendy Sue, but the lines were jammed. I called Wendy Sue's husband, but no luck getting through there either. I'm starting to lose it at this point because, you see, Wendy Sue, she worked on that corridor that the plane hit. Step four, gather intel. Intel, damn it! I need intel. Where the hell are my battle captains and why aren't they on the net? Where's the talk? And where's my RTO? Calm down. Calm down. Breathe. You are not Dragon 6 Actual. Civilians have no idea what a battle captain is, a talk, or an RTO. And if they did, they wouldn't give it to you. You are an old, out-of-shape, disabled veteran running around being a business consultant with a ponytail. Wait. I had a ponytail? Yeah. I had a ponytail, guys. Step 5. Sit, Rep. No matter what channel you're watching, the news and information is the same. The FAA has just grounded all air traffic over the skies of the United States of America. The President is on Air Force One. The Air Force has scrambled jets, and the Navy is sending a missile cruiser to New York City.
okay, this is good. I actually start feeling a little better. But now I'm mad. They attacked us. They do know that we're about to make them crawl back into whatever hole it is that they were born in and pray for death. At the time, I thought, hey, it's only been nine years. I can put the uniform back on. I can go back and do my duty. But you know what? The local recruiter I talked to said no. He was all nice and apologetic, but basically he said if, the, if America needed an old, broken-down NBC NCO, they'd call. Otherwise, just go home. Step six, prepare to shoot, move, and communicate. I watch the news. I call Colonel Ampf. I call Wendy Sue. Got home and repeated that process. For three days, I went from preparing to war to inconsolability. I cannot believe that I lost Colonel Ampf and Wendy Sue, two people that I served with in the beginning of my career. Colonel Ampf's godfather of my child. Wendy Sue is my oldest confidant. I prayed to God, please, I can't lose them both. Somebody did this to us. Brother Johnny survived after three tours in Afghanistan. Wendy Sue wasn't there that day. She was across the street, the Navy Annex, but they sequestered her. Colonel Ampf, well, Colonel Ampf's whereabouts has always been a need to know, but he was okay. It's been 20 years since that day, and America has changed. Just coming back from a war in a blank, blank country, we have to deal with Islamic terrorism. And we're told that Islam is a, a religion of peace and tolerance. We've elected the terrorists to the halls of Congress as they preach hate and death to America. We swore as a nation that we would never forget, but we have. On September 12th of 2001, I walked outside, looked up and down my street, and every single house was flying an American flag. I didn't see the Mexican flag, didn't see the Afghani flag, didn't see the Indian flag, I saw America's flag. Today, I did the same thing. There's about two flags flying, my house, another veteran at the end of the street. So you do as you want. I'm going to do what I've done since that day. I'm never going to forget. And I'm never going to forgive. If you stand against America, if you stand or sympathize with those that would do us harm or destroy the American life, then let this broadcast serve you as a warning. I do solemnly swear that I will serve, that I will Support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. That I will obey the lawful orders of the Commander-in-Chief. So help me God. Remember that drink I told you about? Go get it. We're going to do a toast. A toast to my fallen comrades who answered America's call and did their duty to our first responders who rush into the flames to pull us out. And finally, to the United States of America, may she always stand as a beacon of freedom to the world. Now, Dick tells me I'm out of time, so I'm going to wrap this up. I want you to tune in October 5th at 1 p.m. for our next show. And we're going to be talking about HB 1535, Compassionate Use for Medical Marijuana. It has changed, people. Medical marijuana may become a fact sooner rather than later. Um, remember to like, like Veterans Air on Facebook um, so you can be, be informed about future shows and topics. I want to leave you today with a song by Alan Jackson. Where were you? 
And while we listen to this, let us remember our police, our firemen, our first responders, and our military. If you are wearing the uniform today, I want to tell you thank you. I want to tell you I'm proud of you. And until next month, stay safe and stay vigilant. Thank you.